Listener Production. How there's still hope to save the world's frogs. I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto, and this is The Science Briefing, a podcast about the science of everything. Frogs are weird and wonderful animals, but they're in serious crisis. Back in 2019, a killer frog disease was called part of Earth's sixth mass extinction. Since then, it's only got worse. But research to bring them back from the brink is moving fast. Today, surviving the amphibian apocalypse. Okay, Emma, before we dive into the amphibian apocalypse, lift my spirits a little here. What are some cool things about frogs and amphibians we should know? There are so many different types of frogs and they all have these really incredible features. Emma Perfetto is a science journalist for Cosmos magazine. You know, there are these flying frogs that have little membranes between their arms that allow them to like glide. Like sugar gliders? Yeah, kind of like, but you know, a frog. But a frog. (laughs) There are these tiny poisonous dart frogs that are so toxic that they could kill 20,000 mice. Hairy frogs, horn frogs, transparent frogs even. What? (laughs) Um, And there's this one cool frog on the east coast of Queensland and New South Wales. It's called the frog pouch frog. Now, the males have these little pouches on the sides of his flanks, right? And little tadpoles, like, wriggle inside, live and develop within his pouches and then emerge later fully developed into these tiny little froglets um, that just sort of, like, pop out of the sides of him. Oh, my gosh. You know, there's so much that we still don't know about frogs. But one thing that we do know is that they are dying in unimaginable numbers. Okay, so that's a real downer, Emma. Let's circle back to this apocalypse. How did we get here exactly? So it affects amphibians, but I'm going to call it the frog apocalypse because I think that's a little bit easier to say. Sure. And because the frogs are really on the front lines here. Population numbers for frogs and amphibians have been in decline since as far back as the 1970s, but really went into hyperdrive in the 1990s. Frog populations were dying steeply in rainforests in Central America and in Queensland here in Australia. For a while, no one knew exactly why. First, scientists thought that there was some sort of exotic pathogen behind the deaths. There was also this theory that because frogs have porous skins, they were absorbing harmful chemicals from the environment into their bodies. But then it was finally identified, I think in 1998, that the reason behind these frog deaths was actually because of a fungus. So what can you tell us about this fungus? So it has a really, really long name and it's a bit of a mouthful, so you're (laughs) going to have to bear with me as I try to say this in one go. Batrachochytrium dendrobotitis. Beautiful, Emma, you smashed it. Thank gosh. It's typically found in water and soils in rainforests across Central and South America and Australia. And this fungus causes a disease called chytridiomycosis, also just called chytrid. The chytrid fungus can spread like crazy. So it can travel in water, it can spread from frog to frog through contact. And even if you pick up a frog that has chytrid and then handle another frog that doesn't have chytrid, you can spread it as well. So don't pick up frogs if you come across them. And it completely decimates populations that it comes in contact with. 
Globally, there are at least 200 frog species that have either declined catastrophically or been wiped off the face of the earth by chytrid. In Australia alone, it's brought about the decline of at least 43 of our country's 200 frog species and been a contributing factor in all four of the frog species that have gone extinct here. By some estimates, it may be responsible for the greatest disease-driven loss of biodiversity in recorded history. Emma, I've never heard of this. This is shocking. Mm -hmm. What makes this fungus so deadly to frogs? I mean, what does chytrid actually do? So the first indication that something is going wrong with a frog is this kind of sluggishness, a reluctance to move. Posture is also another sign. A healthy frog is going to sit up with its legs tucked underneath it, whereas an unhealthy frog is going to splay out its leg and struggle to climb around. And what chytrid actually does to a frog is it infects their porous skin through which they absorb a lot of their electrolytes. In the end, it'll typically kill a frog through a heart attack because they're not able to maintain their correct electrolyte balances in their bloodstream, so the heart slows down and then they eventually die. Emma, this is horrible. Yeah, it's an incredibly serious and really dire situation, actually, for frogs across the globe. And the research and efforts to address the crisis have really picked up speed in the last few years. Emma, let's look deeper into some of this research now. How can we combat chytrid? So the chytrid fungus has resisted more than two decades of efforts to target it. This has included some treatments for frogs like antimicrobials, but some methods are expensive and can be dangerous. For example, having knock-on effects for other species in an ecosystem. Right. That doesn't mean that researchers have given up, though. One recent effort is being led by some researchers from Melbourne University, for instance. And in the first stage of their research, they were actually exposing frogs to chytrid fungus. Wow, okay, exposing the frogs to the fungus. So my colleague Amalia Hart spoke to the researchers about this experiment earlier in the year. And, you know, considering how dire the situation is, it's one of the only options left to get a real insight into what's really going on when frogs are infected by this fungus. Mm -hmm. So what they did was they placed 58 frogs, they were southern corroboree frogs to be specific, into these little takeaway sauce cups and they covered them in a liquid mixture of water and the chytrid fungus. And they kept them in the containers for about six hours so that the fungus could fully take hold. And, you know, as you might expect, the results were pretty dire. So of the 58 frogs that were exposed, only four survived. But remarkably, one of the frogs didn't seem to contract the disease at all. After this experiment, they preserved the tissues from all of the frogs, whether they had survived or not. And this gives them a starting point to look at the genes of those frogs, sort of to find the DNA needle in the haystack that might make some frogs resistant to dying from chytrid or even contracting chytrid versus the ones that succumbed to the disease. Okay, so spell this out for us, Emma. What do you mean when you say find the DNA needle in the haystack? So you're basically looking at these tissue samples and identifying the genes or the variations of the genes that may have resulted in the frog surviving or in case of the one frog being resistant to chytrid altogether. Now, I don't want to undersell this process. It is mammoth. 
frogs have between 20 and 21,000 different genes. Right. So there could be billions and trillions of different variations in there. But sort of in basic terms, what the research is doing is pulling DNA out of the frog tissue, putting it into special machines to sequence those genes, to find variations at single points in the DNA. And all of this requires huge work by computer programs to try and identify those gene patterns. So they really have their work cut out for them. But, you know, say if they do find these genes, then they can go about armoring the frogs with those genetic variations and building resistance to chytrid into them. All right, armoring these frogs, I can definitely get behind that. How would they go about doing that? So there's two different methods that these Melbourne Uni researchers are looking at here, and there are definitely pros and cons to each of them. Mm -hmm. The first is basically artificial selection or selective breeding. This involves breeding the frogs with the necessary genes together to produce a resistant population over several generations. Mm -hmm. So this method would be best in the situation that, for instance, they found genes or gene variations um, that code for resistance that are easily inherited sure. or that involve many genes that have little impact. That way, there's a higher chance that they'll pass those genes down when they reproduce. A con for this method is that it's a slow process. You know, it sometimes takes tens or hundreds of generations before those genes are sufficiently passed down. Right. So what's the second method? Okay, so this one's a little bit more controversial and it involves synthetic biology methods, what's called gene editing. So this means that we're manipulating genes or sets of genes to achieve our desired result. Gene editing would be a better choice in the case that they find genes that code resistance that have low heritability, so they aren't passed down as easily. And gene editing is also much, much quicker. You don't have to wait for those generations to pass it down. You can introduce the genetic variation that you want precisely, exactly where you want it. But the downside is that you can potentially change around the genes in such a way that it has unforeseen consequences, could affect other functions, not just make the frog more resistant to chytrid. Okay, Emma, so this seems to involve some pretty hardcore science. I mean, we're looking at genes here, we're looking at editing genes, but this is really just one research project. What are some of the other things that researchers are doing to try and combat chytrid? Some other things that researchers are looking at include trying to understand how chytrid affects other animals that aren't frogs. Okay. In the US, they've found that crayfish, like yabbies here, can also carry the disease. I think that it can also be transmitted on the feet of ducks as well. Wow. So other animals can maybe teach us more about how it impacts frogs. Another area of research is looking at chytrid in the environment. At this point, chytrid is ubiquitous. You cannot remove it from the environment. It's in the waterways, it's in the soil. Right. But you could potentially change the environment that the frogs live in to try and kill off the chytrid. For instance, chytrid only grows well within a really small range of temperatures and it doesn't like changes in salinity either, whereas frogs are much less picky. So if you increase the temperatures of frogs, for instance, putting black rocks into the environment that they can sun themselves on, they get nice and warm, mm -hmm. or 
building little frog houses for them to live in that keep them warmer, you would increase the ability of the frogs to resist the chytrid disease pretty much. Cool. I also think that it's worth pointing out that while I said that chytrid is ubiquitous in the environment, there are still little refuges left where populations of frogs that have otherwise declined are still holding on because chytrid hasn't gotten there yet. In New Guinea, where you find 6% of the world's frogs, they have been taking environmental samples and they have not found chytrid there yet. Also here in Australia, there are places like Broughton Island off the coast of New South Wales where there isn't any chytrid and pockets in the wet dry tropics around North Queensland as well. So we're still continuing to piece all of this research together. It's really critical that we continue to learn as much about this fungus as we can if we're going to stave off this frog apocalypse from continuing to get worse and worse. Emma Perfetto is a science journalist for Cosmos magazine. You can read more of Emma's reporting at cosmosmagazine.com. This episode was based on an article by Amalia Hart. That article is called Model or Monster, featured in the latest magazine copy of Cosmos. The Science Briefing is produced by Listener and the Royal Institution of Australia. This episode was produced by Jake Morecambe. Mixing by Dave Stein. Our executive producer is Melanie Withnell. I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto. Catch you next time. Thank you.